So do we want to get the show on the road or this I road mean, on the show? You're really spicing things up with these <laughs> last two episodes. Like who, who are you? Road on the show. Like where's the Honestly, I'm very happy that we're not saying that anymore. I people will say that to me, like as a joke, like my sister or a but friend Catherine, of mine. The, how are we gonna have merch and branding? No, I'm fine with the merch and branding. It's great. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. It's just that like whenever someone says it to me, I break out into cold sweats. Like I'm like, I'm not I'm not ready to do a podcast right now. I, I don't, don't say that to me. So like if we ever have merch that says, Are you ready, spaghetti? It's gonna like assault me and have like a flat war flashbacks or something i mean i wonder if that's how people the the my favorite murder women feel whenever somebody says stay sexy don't get murdered i know i think they like that i think they chose a good one we chose something so silly so so silly absurd yes okay so we're right so actually sorry what if you say let's get this road on the show yeah hate you um welcome i'm gonna have to keep coming up with this shit until one sticks (laughs) okay so Welcome to I'd Kill a Spider for you. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And this is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about basically anything we want. Um, We talk about politics. We talk about pop culture. We talk about racism. We talk about sexism. We get political every episode. If you Mm -hmm. think a guillotine will not turn up, (laughs) it will. Every time. Without question. Like, it always does. And today we're going to be talking about fandoms and fan culture. This is going to be part one of a two-part series. And mm-hmm. this episode is more like a gentle introduction, you know, a, not a comprehensive fandom history, but like just, you know, getting your feet wet, trying to understand when you see people at those conventions and you're like, why <laughs> is this happening? We're, we're going to explain why. Mm-hmm. And um, in case you're listening, you're like, oh, who are these sultry people? These sultry, beautiful voices? <laughs> we got new microphones. We've upgraded. Mm-hmm. So if you're hearing some better audio quality, it's because we stopped <laughs> being lazy after a year of being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully once we're both vaccinated, we'll be able to do in-person shit. Ooh, delicious. Like amazing. In-person? It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be magical. Very romantic. So I guess we can get started. I'm Mm -hmm. probably going to be doing most of the talking in this episode because I have a very long history with fandom and fan culture. Mm -hmm. Let's get started with you talking about um, your relationship with fandom and fan culture and how, what do you think of it? How do you think it's? (sighs) So I didn't realize, like I've been a part of a lot of fandoms. But I just didn't realize it because I didn't realize fandom was a thing. Like I knew they're like, oh, you're into Harry Potter? Me too. Or like you're into the Chronicles of Narnia? Me too. But it wasn't like, like there wasn't a word for it, I feel, for myself. Or I just didn't know the word for it growing up. And it wasn't until I got older. And even when I would like see convention shit, I was like, what's wrong with these people? (laughs) You're like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. There's no need to dress like that. Yeah, I was like, there's no need to dress like that. And I still sometimes will make jokes about certain people, but now I've kind of embraced it. I think I like took myself too seriously. And honestly, the older I get, the less I give a shit. And so now, you know, if we go to like a Marvel movie and like there's somebody dressed as Spider-Man there, I'm like, God bless you. I love it. Like, so I feel (laughs) like I've dragged you to a lot of like opening night movies to the point where now like Stockholm Syndrome, you like them. Yeah, I love them. Now you love them, but before you were like, why are we here with all these sweaty men? And I was like, (laughs) just go with it. And now it's amazing. Now it's a part of my life. Um, I do find it funny because I used to think that fandom was just like nerdy shit, right? So I thought it was like Harry Potter or Star Trek, you know, like whatever. I've come to the conclusion that um, 
You can make a fandom out of literally anything because I made the mistake of Googling literally anything list of fandoms. And I didn't know that. I guess like the idea is like, if you can find a wiki on it, there's a fandom. <laughs> if you, if there's a wiki, there's a fandom. That's like, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's, there's smoke, a wiki. there's fire. If there's a wiki, there's a fandom. Fandom. And because uh, I'm obsessed with Criminal Minds because I just finished all 11 seasons in is six there, weeks. Is there a Criminal Minds fandom? A thousand percent. They have a whole ass wiki oh. that is just very, very detailed. Um, okay. I did not know this. And one of the like like show favorites, she's like the the IT hacker type person. And she actually like the actress is really amazing and, and great. And she's like one of the best parts of the show. Her Instagram is like protector of Penelope Garcia, who is like the character that she plays. Okay. And so that's that's what it says on her Instagram or like protector of Penelope Garcia. And I was like, that's cute. So like people are really into it. And I've been seeing a lot of interviews, like things that I didn't think would have fandoms. So like Criminal Minds has a fandom, CSI has a fandom, like wow. it's just yeah, so you strange. You do not think about it that way, especially because no. those shows, like I associate those shows with like moms. You know what I mean? <laughs> like CSI Kevin, is Are you going to tell moms. me that- What's those, what are those stupid books that were um, based on Twilight fan fiction? Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey? That doesn't, that's not a fandom. That's a fandom of moms. That's a mom fandom. I'm not saying that it's not. Oh, I wasn't (laughs) saying that fandoms can't be moms. I'm just saying that those fandoms seem like shows moms watch after like a long day of cleaning the house and getting no pay for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Like that feels like that's what, and they're, they're watching Criminal Minds and then they're watching The Big Bang Theory and then they're going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I was actually really surprised because when I Googled it, I was like, there was no need. I didn't know that we had fandoms for these things, but oh. apparently they're huge. Yeah. There's fandoms for podcasts. Yes, well, that I knew. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> ours is growing. We got to just get it. Uh, we have one piece of fan art made by one of my best friends. So like, you know, it counts. It counts. <laughs> it, it counts. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you're measuring fan engagement, like it's difficult depending on the fandom to say that oh because it has no fan fiction or no fan art it doesn't have a fandom because mm-hmm. it's just like very different ways of expressing things but i just really can't imagine like a criminal minds fan fiction there's definitely criminal <laughs> there's minds de- fan fiction. there's wrestling you know why there's because there they they ship so many people on that show i guess and so. you can find edits of them together that's the one with um what's his name with the bad wig from that movie what the man who is in Compliance? Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, he has the a love of my life. In that movie? Uh, sh- yeah, Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore. Yeah, my brain was saying like Sanaa Lathan, <laughs> and I know that's incorrect. That's what was a woman. <laughs> but Shamar Moore, Sanaa Lathan, basically the same name. Uh, <laughs> that's what my brain said. Anyway. He's great on that show. And that show also made me realize that he should probably exclusively play a cop because he oh, left that wow. show in Car- season. Hot, hot take from you. I know. I know. Wow. And he left oh, that wow. show and then did another show where he was a cop. Ooh, so he, he should have moved for on. 11 seasons and then did another cop on another show. He should have been like a firefighter instead. He should have been like, what's better than a cop? Firefighter. Firefighter. No, he just, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's happened to him since. So. I mean, he has his dedicated fans who will be, and he's beautiful. He probably has some he's sort of fandom. Beautiful. So of course he, like Shamar Moore. What the fuck is his name? Shamar Moore. Moore. Okay, I, I, again, <laughs> I thought I said the wrong thing. <laughs> Shamar Moore, whose name I can't remember and is beautiful, probably has his own dedicated fandom. Absolutely. I feel like he's the type of guy that looks better without hair. Oh, I was, yes. Uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman 
as evidence. Yeah, I was and like, no, you don't need that. that. You don't. You don't need that. You don't need that. Not for reference. Not I've seen that movie once in my life, but it's come up again recently, and I want to <laughs> watch it again. And I was looking up pictures of Shamar Moore with that wig, and wow, it's a wig. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, it's a wig is honestly all you can say about it. Like <laughs> it is a wig. It wasn't great. It wasn't okay. great. So let's uh, dive into like what I would say the timeline of fandom and fan culture is. So let's go back to the dawn of time. Oh Lord, here we go. People telling stories and Mm -hmm. then someone being like, I like that idea. I'm going to like expand on it and becoming like big fans of it. So it's literally always been a thing. Like in terms of fan fiction, as an example, you can fully just say that like Arthurian legends are a bunch of fan fiction because someone came up with the story and then it like grew and developed and changed over like hundreds of years based off people's retellings of it, based off people's reimaginings mm-hmm. of it. And that's what fan fiction is. So some people like to call fan fiction transformative work. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, again, what the stories of Camelot, King Arthur are. That's what flipping, why does why it say flipping? fucking that's what fucking Dante's Inferno is I don't know why I was censoring myself but that's what fucking Dante Inferno is that's what all of the renaissance's relationship to the bible is how much fan art is there literally on the on the Sistine so Chapel much white Jesus. fan art fan art fan art yeah reimaginings white Jesus just like <laughs> let me let me draw like this version of Jesus on the cross a hundred thousand times and yes you can say it's religious devotion but I say it's fan art sorry about it and I think it's, that's actually a very apt connection because I think a lot of times mm-hmm. fandom accesses the same part of your brain as like religion. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And yeah. so does, 100%. so does like sports, sports accesses that part of your brain. Yep. Any sort of thing where you're obsessed with it, where you like are devoted to something and it, like spend, you spend so much time on it. It's the same. It's the same, it's the same little thing. nugget of your brain that goes religion, fandom, sports and sure people are more likely to die with religion however there was that time where in like brazil or something they decapitated a referee so you know who's to say (laughs) i mean it's not just brazil people get murdered for sports stuff quite a bit actually yeah they burn down cities and you're like what the fuck like the canucks just lost guys relax the canucks (laughs) Uh, what a terrible name at that's least. my sports hot take right here <laughs> bad name they lose half the fans no but one yeah everyone yeah everyone who listens to, to us is like how dare you insult <laughs> the habs okay <laughs> also a bad name um <laughs> they took one bad name and made it another bad name that honestly has unless you know why would you think that those two are connected no you wouldn't you wouldn't okay so then modern sci-fi trends i feel like you can probably if you wanted to like put a pin in it maybe you could say like Sherlock Holmes stories are a good example of very early fandom because Mm -hmm, people were mm -hmm. obsessed with those they were stories that people like wrote like their own fiction versions of for like years and sent them to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and shit so like there was that sort of fandom interaction and then more modern fandom like probably sci-fi is the best place that you're gonna find it so like Mm -hmm. even in like the 20s there was like sci-fi conventions or like the first sci-fi convention but it was for literary sci-fi and so like later on when things like the twilight zone or star trek came along and people had fandoms over that specifically a star trek like literally apparently sci-fi nerds at the time and we're gonna get into sci-fi gatekeeping or fandom gatekeeping in our next episode <laughs> but sci-fi nerds at the time thought that star trek was like wishy-washy low science fiction and that its fans were like dumb 
because they like the TV show instead of a book. But did you see that dog alien? Yes. The dog alien is exemplary, but but I'm saying like that's the same like right now Star Trek fans will be like, "Oh, you've only seen the movies. You're not Ugh. a real fan of science fiction if you haven't seen all of Star Trek." And it's like so it's like it's just never-ending gatekeeping nonsense like the mm-hmm. fact that yeah, mm-hmm. in the second 70s people were like oh you haven't read a sci-fi book you just watch a show not a real sci-fi fan i um, didn't know that actually it's weird I, I that's so bizarre to me right i have never been that type of person who's like uh you haven't read a book but you yeah. i mean granted with harry potter sometimes i was I'm- gonna say i feel like as teenagers we were like but we were also not, it wasn't even because it wasn't like we thought that they were lower than us. It was more just like, you've missed so much. That's true. I, it was a very was, different feeling. It was more concern for them than it was yes. really being like, you're missing out on something lower beautiful. Than us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fandom gatekeeping is just eternal. We'll get into it. <laughs> it's eternal. And also side note about Star Trek is that Star Trek was mostly watched by like housewives and things like that. And by women. That's wild. Early on. And then the fandom got co-opted by men. And also a lot of the early zines were written by women. I just, anyway. So actually, you know, speaking of zines, zines are a good example of how like fandom culture grew because people would literally write stories and draw pictures and send it by mail to other people what they would um yeah they would send it literally to other people by mail or they'd have basement conventions and just oh, hang out with people adorable I just like that. 70s 80s like versions of like fan culture are so weird because they did have a couple conventions but it's mostly just people in basements like being like i like that thing too and like i'm gonna <laughs> draw a picture of it and send it to all my friends adorable. very specific like individual fandom and then you get to like the 90s and then you get the internet and that is really where the fucking story starts. That's where it ramps up to a thousand. And you have like, there's like mm-hmm. older websites. Like, like I, I mean, like I was reading something today and I was like, what the hell is Usernet? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, <laughs> even I'm not that old. What is this? What is this? Like there's, there's like versions of fan um, spaces that like I have no familiarity with, but then you get into like the live journals, the fanfiction.nets. Right. Like those, those kind of things that I have like fond memories of. And in those spaces, like you had people like writing fiction, drawing pictures, doing all the things that fans do. And it was just like such a strange time because also one of the things that I remember from being like a 12 year old on fanfiction.net was something that at the top of every story, it would say like, please don't sue me. I'm just writing this for fun because the legality of fandom and fan culture was like so contentious at that point, Oh, especially with people like Anne Rice. Anne Rice was like a notorious lunatic um <laughs> and rice who wrote like the vampire listat and the vampire uh, interview the vampire and things like that she would like go after and sue people for writing fan fiction why oh right? god she sounds and, I, everything i've heard about that woman <laughs> sounds horrendous and I'm now she's super christian it's wild that's what happened anyways go ahead it's what happens but yeah so <laughs> she, people like her and there are a couple other authors and so like apparently actually there was a thing might be misremembering it, but Marion Zimmer Bradley, who wrote um, The Mists of Avalon, like she would like welcome fan fiction and read fan fiction um, because she's like, oh, isn't this nice? And then she was like writing a book and then someone sent her a fan fiction that was basically her book. Oh my God. And then she was like, fuck, because there's no way to prove for her to prove that she copy it, that she didn't copy it, that she didn't like, wasn't influenced by the fan fiction. And so things like that made it like legally weird. So like sending fan fiction to authors was something that you shouldn't do. 
and then but yeah then there's also just all the people who are just like crazy I'm gonna sue you for writing fan fiction and like now fucking 50 shades of gray exists so like there was a big shift clearly do you want to tell people about the 50 shades of gray thing in case they don't know oh sure okay so 50 shades of gray is a twilight fan fiction so oh god if you want to get into the twi moms let's do it i so don't twilight I really don't. is a fandom <laughs> that i was like here's the thing as a teenager as a teenager when twilight came out mm. i read the first three books and funnily enough, because my sister worked at Chapters at the time, which is a bookstore, we're Canadian, just for context, um, she worked at Chapters and she had signed copies. So I have signed copies of Twilight. Oh my God. Which I probably should sell. But I read them, yes. but I kind of like, I was a teenage girl who was like, I'm hate reading this. Like, I'm better than this. Uh, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though I'm kind of enjoying it, but I'm also just like, mm, this is stupid. So I never really got into the movies that much. Actually, I only really, really watched them recently and they're hilarious wow 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 wow, wow. they're so they're funny so bad. Carbon. they're, they're so, so bad yeah but I've you seen have to watch it too or yeah. i've seen the first they get one. crazier as they go along and like the first one's actually the most grounded and that's saying a lot Yikes. <laughs> but those movies are are absolutely hilarious and then there's like a part that i still i think about sometimes like it pops into my mind where edward is killing a vampire he kills her he like snaps her neck he burns her but when he burns her he has a lighter and he just throws a lighter on her and she goes up in flames like he had doused her with gasoline like he just threw a lighter at her she ridiculous went, as if vampires are so flammable that they just go up and like if if that was the case and edward couldn't even go near like a, a candle or a cigarette he would like burst yeah, that would the- be so stupid so dumb so stupid okay Anyway, so Twilight and Twi Moms were actually a very interesting fandom because it was the first time there was this huge fandom of like older women who had never been involved in fandom before. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people who are involved in fandom and fan culture, specifically fan fiction and fan art, are like people who grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to like a Star Trek convention, it's because you've liked Star Trek your whole life. Like like obviously there are people right. who get into it at later ages and later stages, but like Twilight was a, fan, a fandom that was like meant for teenage girls and then a bunch of like 40-year-old women descended. And an example of one of those is E.L. James who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, which is a Twilight fan fiction. And I think her name, if I'm not mistaken, was Snow Queen Ice Dragon. Oh God. I could be wrong. This is all off the top of my head, but- <laughs> Yeah, she, her, she wrote a twi- uh, Twilight fan fiction where Edward and Bella were like working in an you know the you know the plot of Fifty Shades of Grey. It's is that she changed almost nothing and then published it. And because Stephanie Meyer is actually not a crazy person, like if Anne Rice had been the one mm. who had that story written, then E. L. James would be in jail. <laughs> like she would be like under lock and key. But. Stephanie Meyer was like, it's okay, it's cool. I mean, I don't like that kind of raunchy stuff, but I'm not going to sue her. And that sort of like opened up the floodgates for the legality of fan fiction being like a whole new thing. And now mm-hmm. we have fan fiction movies. We have like that that series after, like after after we collided. It's like a, it's basically um, a One Direction fan fiction with the names changed. Oh my God. Yeah, and now it's a movie series and a book series. Oh my God. And so like things like Stephanie Meyer being, I guess, kind have like changed <laughs> the, the scope of like That's fandom hilarious. and fan culture. And now people get like book deals based off their fan fiction, which is kind of cool because there's some really great fan fiction and really great writers who write fan fiction. But it's also mm-hmm. weird because there are some terrible ones who gain like fandoms because the people who read it are dumb. 
Um, so, <laughs> or not dumb, but they're after something that like, they're not after like a great literary work. They just want to see people smash. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, I remember there was a line that you mentioned to me that like has never left my mind uh, from Twilight. That was something like, ha 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 ha, he chuckled or something. Yes. Oh, it was like, ha 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 ha, like Arrow left or something. Oh, but I feel like it was like a third part. It was like, he chuckled, ha ha ha, Arrow left. Like, or yeah, something it's like, like what? <laughs> Terrible writing is this? But it's like, who's her editor is the real question. Yeah. Like people can write trash all they want, but like, who's your, who is your editor? That was like, like we can, we can do it better. Just pay us. Stephanie, that was a beautiful, that was like prose and like I'd ever seen. Okay. So what else do I have next for fandom history? Okay. 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 So I want to get into like, so this is related to the Anne Rice nonsense and the E.L. James nonsense Mm -hmm. in that like, you can see the change in fandom and fan culture and how like they relate to the creators Mm -hmm. because of fucking Twitter it's mm-hmm. gone insane so now when people don't like things about shows like the the relationship that used to be like there used to be a divide mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and actually oh actually i forgot to mention something it didn't just go from Anne rice to stephanie meyer in the middle of that someone who actually very much influenced the way fan culture like the legality of fan culture is also jk rowling yeah controversial person <laughs> controversial woman jk rowling she was actually one of the authors who was very chill about fan fiction and started like creating a culture of people being more okay with it because she was so like, it's not a big deal. Fan fiction is fine. And sort of like, because there's such a huge author saying fan fiction is fine, then mm-hmm. it like calmed the waters a bit. And then Stephanie Meyer was like, whatever. And then now we have what we have. <laughs> so in terms of, but back to fandom, in terms of fandom and like fan culture and like the way people relate to each other, it's it's gotten so crazy now that like fans will just bully creators online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, I've seen it. I have seen it and it is ridiculous. I actually also have seen like fandom has really shifted the trajectory of some characters oh so, it has yes absolutely. so for example like for for example well breaking bad specifically um is one of the examples with jesse pinkman who's like you know that ne'er-do-well that guy friend of the guy who has a plain face that guy plain face yeah. man yeah. yeah uh so jesse pinkman i think was only supposed to be like on one or two episodes and then the creators really liked him so they kept him on longer yeah. and then they thought they would only keep him for a season but then the fans loved him so much mm-hmm. that they just kept him and then i know for a fact well maybe not for a fact but like it's like untold whatever that gray's anatomy has like famously removed characters who were like universally disliked by like Grey's Anatomy fandom. So like Erica Hahn, who's like one of the characters who dates Callie and everything else, like her departure is like really sudden and weird. And people were like, oh, I thought she'd be on the show more. No, it's because so many people disliked her that they just like the character. Yeah. Essentially, they wrote her so well that people were like, like yeah. fuck her. Uh, and so she <laughs> got removed off the show. Like she, she, like her character was just like, bye. Yeah. Nobody That's, likes her. It's crazy because like, if you wanted to, you could just rehabilitate the character. Like, have you, you haven't really watched that much of Game of Thrones, but you know the character Jamie Lannister? Yeah. So in the books, obviously, I guess it's because this is based off the blueprint of the books. So they weren't going to change. They, they already had it. They already knew what they were doing. Right. But watching the show, you're like, fuck this guy. I hate him. Fuck him. And then like, he slowly becomes like a better character and a more interesting character to the right. point where like, everybody's like, oh, I love him now. Right. 
you could do he's that. The, he's the one-armed man, right? Yeah, one-handed. Yeah. Uh, the one-armed man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's one of those things where it's like, you could do that. You could rehabilitate a character. You could change their trajectory and make people like them. But it's just riskier on a show, I guess, especially if you don't have a plan, which right. like- Grace Anatomy does not have a plan. No, 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 but not at all. Think about that is that like, you can track that to like, I mean, I guess the idea of fan favorites is one thing. Cause like even in Buffy, the character of Spike, did you ever Ooh. watch Buffy? Yes. Oh, yes, you did. did. Yeah. The character of Spike, I think was supposed to be just like in a couple episodes. And then he was so popular that he's was like in the whole show. Got his own fucking show. He was in the spinoff. Yeah. So like that can happen. But then like the, what I'm talking about is more so like when fans will send death threats so mm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. they, they want a character off the show or because they want two characters to get together or things like that. So there's it's this horrifying. thing. So, okay, here's the thing. So there's this fandom for this show called Voltron, which is a kid's show on Netflix that got a really big fandom. And I watched uh, the first couple of seasons of Voltron. I liked it's it. It's on my list of things to watch. It's a good show. And it's like, as long as obviously you're not, I feel like, again, you and I are people who do not take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. So we're fine. We've never, I've never been involved in any fandom drama. <laughs> I don't think you have either. No, but like some people not. take it so seriously. And so they wanted these two characters to be together. This character named Keith and this character named Lance, because they did actually, cause okay. It is one of those things where it's like, oh God, <laughs> you have to get into like queer baiting where it's like they will have characters who are intentionally like two characters of the same sex who intentionally have romantic subtext or they don't necessarily intentionally have the romantic subtext initially but like they have good chemistry and then the actors will play it up and things like that can happen and so basically the point of queer baiting is to like entice queer audiences to the show but never actually go through with it and so then like the queer the the people watching the show feel like they're crazy because of things happening and we could talk more about that in a second actually but um in terms of voltron there people really wanted these two characters to be together and then like there is a fan sending death threats to the creators absolutely not <laughs> so absolutely crazy. not and everyone was so mad about it because like the people who like that ship for explanation ship means relationship everybody knows <laughs> what shipping means right nowadays um, there's gonna be one or two that have no idea what you're talking about for love I'll, I'll explain it in a second anyway um so which the thing about fandom is that the moment i start talking i'm like i have 18 different things to explain now <laughs> okay so but with um the thing about that one people were really mad because the people who like that ship were like oh god this is so upsetting because it makes us all look crazy mm-hmm and then the people who don't like that ship are like, see, all those people are crazy oh. based off of that one. So then like people get like bad, like, like certain fandoms get like bad um, raps or certain like ships get bad raps and things like that because like one person's nuts and then everybody else gets painted with the same brush. Mm. It's similarly like when you're watching a talk show and then they'll bring out like the worst fan art you've ever seen and been <laughs> like, see, look, this is what people are drawing of you. And I'm like, I've seen better fan art. Like you can yeah. find it in a second. <laughs> they just choose something terrible to make everyone look weird. <sighs> anyway, to explain a ship, <laughs> <laughs> a ship means relationship. It it's One usually people earliest, who aren't together that we want yeah. to see together. Yeah. Sometimes there are characters who are going to be together clearly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are characters who have nothing to do with each other. And sometimes there are characters who are just like BFFs who everyone's like, they should date. Stucky. It's usually gay, but it can be straight. Like X-Files, Mulder and Scully. That was a Oh a yeah. Huge, 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 huge. But yeah, I mean the more, yeah, the most recent, the fact that like 
what's his name, Chris Evans, yeah, and Sebastian Stan talk openly about Stucky. Oh, right? and also that Anthony Mackie makes like talks about it all the time, and he's like, I don't understand. I'm coming between them, and like they're just very much like precisely. They know. <laughs> they have it's to great. Know. Okay, queer baiting. So to explain queer baiting, <laughs> so I already partially explained it, but like to go further into queer baiting, it's very interesting because it's basically gaslighting people. It's basically gaslighting people, but mm-hmm. they're like, so if you guys listen to, I think it was the 2020 episode when we talked about like our favorite dumb things that happened in the previous year, mm-hmm. I did a long explanation about the Destiel Shep, Shep? The Destiel ship Ship. in Supernatural. (laughs) If you want to listen to that, it's like, I really go into it. But like, it was an example of a fandom where they queer baited the characters, or sorry, they queer baited the fandom with these two characters getting together for the Mm -hmm. whole show. Mm -hmm. And then like, literally, like these fans were called crazy all the time. And then in the last three episodes, the character, one of the characters confesses his love, then dies and then gets sent to hell. And the other character like, doesn't say anything. (laughs) the funniest one i've ever seen Um, like a smack in the face right it's like oh yeah they are in love but like also fuck you yeah um and then like like those petty (laughs) bitch shit you could do to someone it's so fucking funny to me because people people are so dedicated and they like Mm -hmm. lose their minds over these like fan these fandoms and over these characters and then she gets slapped in the face like that so funny yeah, and then there are other ones like what's that show, Teen Wolf? Oh yeah, I used to watch Teen Wolf. I watched a couple. I watched like episodes of Teen yeah, Wolf. Yeah, like, I feel I like I, I never like a watched full season, all of it or anything. But there is this one thing where there's a shift between this character, Styles. I think I got this right. Yeah, Styles and mm-hmm. Derek. Yes, because it was Derek. Yeah. Um, and then people <laughs> were obsessed with it. And then, but they even did things like they would be like, "Oh, who's the best couple on the show for like the Teen Choice Awards or whatever." And those characters were characters you could vote for. Or they, the actors would play mm-hmm. it up and then say like, oh, you never know what's going to happen. And then like nothing happens. Yeah, that's actually like, so annoying. Okay, no, I, I do know what was going to happen. <laughs> like, absolutely nothing. Uh, I know. It's so strange. I mean, like in the all the fandoms that I like, it's so funny. Because sometimes I'm like, I've talked to people. I mean, Catherine and I are like this. But I've talked to people who, it's one of those things when you're a fan of something. And I think, especially with like nerdy shit, but just in general, like there's a um, a fervor behind it that like people don't often get. Like if you're not yeah. into these things, you're just not going to get it. So I remember I had a moment, like, I don't know who I was talking to. And I was like, can you believe that they did this? And they were like, I, no, no, I, no, I can't. You're like, uh, uh sure. <laughs> and Especially. I was, like, I just get so <laughs> angry. Like the amount of times I have been watching like star wars or whatever and i post something i'm like what is this shit and i just get like so irritated and and then i have to be like it is just a show but also this is very upsetting yeah i mean i get it like it's it's also like um like we are we are intense people and we do get like into things but it's just the the ones who really get into it like don't get me started on bronies um <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a fandom Catherine and i will not touch no no, no thank, thank you. you and i did watch my little pony i watched a, a couple seasons of it it's a very cute show but like yeah people just yeah some, some people just don't get it because they haven't experienced it and mm-hmm. they look at people who are involved in fandoms like they're cuckoo bananas 
Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I would guess that like looking like outside looking in, that might be the case. Cause I know there are, and I say this actually, <laughs> I don't remember who or when, but there was a situation where somebody was like, look at this fucking crazy person's room. And it was like all this like star Wars memorabilia. And they were like, can you believe it? And I was like, that's actually, that's actually kind of cool. I, you were like, I, 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 I like, like that one. I, re- I think it's nice. <laughs> they were like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like my thing. It's like, if you like Star Wars, I'm like, sure. If it's like some white guy in his basement with all this shit, you know, in his mom's basement, I might have a few issues because I'll know what his personality is like. Yeah. And we'll get into that in the next episode. But <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is that like, I still would want to see the stuff. I mean, that's fair. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, here's the thing for me. The idea of like fandom decor is something that I'm not into necessarily. <laughs> I say this with a fucking map of the Middle Earth on my wall. Yeah. But framed, it's above my head right now. <laughs> but like, even so, that's like subtle. I, I just couldn't have like a bust of anything in my house. You know what I'm that's saying? That's fair. Or like, I remember I saw this funny post where someone was saying like, you, you ever realize how every man who is divorced has like a full-size stormtrooper in, in his house and they're like at this point I associate stormtroopers with divorce <laughs> that's amazing and, and I was true. like honestly yeah not wrong but like I like and like when people have like a bunch of toys and memorabilia I get a little like and even like me I have a huge DVD collection and at this point I want to get rid of it because I'm like it feels like it makes me old like I'm like I have DVDs <laughs> why like <laughs> it's hilarious I just got rid of like a fuck ton of DVDs to be Carmen, honest I you had like some. 12 DVDs no I have I had like the stand and now I got rid of like half the things I had in my stand I mean that is one shelf. your full DVD collection was one shelf of my DVD collection that's hilarious actually Anyway, I watched a lot. I have, I have a lot of DVDs. Um, yeah. Okay. It's so just, it's just like when people have like walls of comics and shit, you're like, right. So tell me, it's a fire where hazard. does it cross the line for you? Oh, in terms of like fan engagement? Mm-hmm. Like when, when can you, okay. Other people's fandoms and or what, however they express it, where does it cross the line? Like, where do you get, to, there's one point where you're like, this is interesting. And like, huh, I wouldn't do this, but sure why not and then there's a point where you're like get me out of this house there's a serial killer in here yes where do you get to that point I think I think it's a slow burn and I think it's actually more to do with personality than anything else I don't think it can happen to anybody Mm, like very for me me, I've been involved in fandom since I was 12 Mm -hmm. right but mm-hmm. I've never, you, you see me in a costume? No. Like, <laughs> I, I've never do, 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 dove, dived, dived, dived? What the fuck? I can't speak today. <laughs> I've never dived that far into anything where I'm like at a convention. I don't want to be at a convention because no, thank I, you. Convention, I, I went to like Anime North as a teenager and it smelled and I just didn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I did not you never told me that because I've never been to one to a convention I went so with, that's um, hilarious I went with Thompson and someone else no wait I have been to a con- oh my goodness okay funny story the first so I went with my friend Christine to a to a wedding convention and at the same time the oh, wedding convention was yeah. going on there was an like an anime convention going on and like in the yeah. same thing but like on a different floor mm-hmm Catherine, when I tell you, it was like the strangest mix of people. Yes. On the subway and then yes. on the way home. And yes. I was just like, 
But I was also looking around. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Or Ryerson used to rent out the MCC or like the Metro Toronto Convention Center for, for exams, for like big exams. I don't know yeah. if U of T. U of T doesn't have to do that because they had space. Um, but my university had like, would rent out the convention center yeah. for exams. And I think once we did an exam and there was a convention going on, because we were just in one room and I literally left and I was like, what's, what is this? Like, cause at the time I had never been. And I was like, why is everybody dressed like dumbasses? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying, and I, I don't want to judge too harshly. Cause it's like, people are doing this out of the love of no, their hearts. And it's cute. And now that I'm older, like I was like 19, 20 or yeah. whatever. But now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, like you really love it and you appreciate it. And I think that's great, but it's just so funny to see, like, especially on the subway, it almost oh, feels man. like for those people, this is my question for anybody who's dressed up for a convention. If you guys could answer this, does it feel like the walk of shame after a one night stand to get on Ooh. that subway or on the train, like on your way home around a bunch of like normally dressed people and you are here with your samurai sword? That's a good question. Um, and your wigs and makeup. Especially because like I was about to compare to Halloween, but on Halloween, everyone's dressed up. Everyone's so dressed up. It's uh, different. Fine. But yeah, no, it must be a weird, a weird feeling when you go home. Especially when they're like, alone. With like, uh, like a full like Naruto jumpsuit. Or <laughs> and you're like, what the Homemade. Um, okay. Again, it's, it's beautiful. People do so much work and some people's costumes are incredible. And yo, that shit is great. Um, uh, but <laughs> even then, it's still. Well, if, yeah, to be clear, if Catherine and I, because Catherine and I will have a costume where we are R2D2 and yes. and it is gonna be the best most bootleg shit i've ever seen Absolutely. it's gonna be magical we are, gonna be where, we are planning to be i'm gonna be r2d2 i cannot speak today <laughs> i'm going to be r2d2 and you will be c3po okay got it out and um we will be wearing t-shirts and like foil that's the plan yeah, that's good that's it we're done done and done um, people are gonna be like you do the voice i'll be like beep beep bop done <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna bother they're gonna be like where's your british accent and i'm gonna be like up your ass <laughs> you're like you're like but imagine you committed really hard to the walk and you're just like walking <laughs> i will 100 percent do that no but like that's the only time or when Catherine and i said we would dress up as bert and ernie and so Catherine got us t-shirts and then said carmen put on a unibrow and that was it yeah that's really we we're really good at bootleg stuff but what i do like about the fandom stuff right now that I'm noticing, especially with Instagram, I'm noticing a lot of like, and in general, like it was like on Tumblr and stuff, but I'm seeing very like, I mean, we'll talk about the bad shit that happens after, but a lot of black people are doing um, cosplay for like anime characters and like Marvel superheroes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's like actually really amazing because they look really, really good. Um, and then and all the racists are like, you can't look like that. Harder, he's not black. And you're like, all right relax and uh she's not Kevin real either like <laughs> <laughs> that's what's like what um, and i really do think we need to give an ode a little you know like thank you for being here to every black man which apparently is all of them who are who is obsessed with anime which seems it's to be coming. about 99.9 percent all black men every single one Honestly. Was obsessed with anime, which I didn't even realize was a thing because my boyfriend in high school was obsessed with anime and i just thought he was a weirdo uh, and now that I'm older, I'm like John Boyega, 
Michael B. Jordan. It's all of them, Carmen. All of them. Everyone. What's happening? And they're all. I'm into- so judgmental. I'm so judgmental <laughs> as a black woman who has watched all of Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all into Naruto. They're all into Naruto. They're all into One Punch Man, which I don't blame them for because One Punch Man is fantastic. Very funny. But truly, I kind of love. I don't. What is it about? What is it about anime that like black men are just like ah yes Naruto. I mean, the argument can be made that it's a continuation of Black people loving Kung Fu because oh. it could, the argument could be made that it's like, Catherine's we, master's like wa- thesis. <laughs> we like watching these characters <laughs> because they're not white. We like, Black people like Kung Fu because they're like, we're watching characters who are Asian and we don't have to go watch a movie with full of white people, right? That's fair. And also because it's cool. Yeah. And anime, it could be argued is we like this because it's Asian and not white even though there's more, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, uh, I think that's, that, that could be an argument made about like why black people consume Asian culture so much. And also in mm. some ways, why Asian people also consume black culture, culture. so much. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a weird cultural exchange that cuts white people out. I remember yeah. my mom was like watching a lot of K-dramas, like every day my mother was watching a new k drama <laughs> she's like oh have you seen this one i was like no <laughs> no um but she i asked her why she watched it and she watches it because they're short they're simple and there are no white people in it <laughs> my god that sounds like andrew anyway yeah that's really really funny and also very accurate but yeah um hmm. interesting these are these are interesting topics. One of the weird things that I find is that um, some of these fandoms are truly, so there's fandoms and then there's fandoms because, mm. you know, there's different levels of like Harry Potter and there's different levels of whatever, but there are some things where like Dungeons and Dragons, like you can, you can like it and play it, but when you're like a Dungeons and Dragons fan, <laughs> like when That's you're like- just a LARPer. That's, yeah, you're just like, so you like LARPing. LARPing is something we should talk about. So here's the thing, guys. Here is the magic Renaissance thing. fairs. Yes. Uh, LARPing is a live action role play. So it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, almost like a real life chessboard running around acting like it's real. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I have never done it. Catherine has never done it. Mm-mm. But here's the thing. There is a magical video from the early 2000s. That is the greatest example of nerdy people being nerdy. And we laughed about it. But now that I think about it, I was like, they were probably really happy. Do you remember that video, Catherine? Lightning bolt. Oh, lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. And then someone's like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> LARPing. You should Google those videos. They are truly magical. The people who we know, but also the people in general who played Quidditch. We did that though. Yeah, I know. I was to say, like, Carmen, we can't, I like... D- I didn't play Quidditch, might I add. Yeah. One of our friends played Quidditch. And, you played Yeah, you perhaps played I Quidditch. did. Perhaps I did. <laughs> I was 12, okay? I was 11 years old. It's fine. Oh, I'm talking about university. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, no, I played Quidditch as an 11-year-old. Oh, well, the person I'm thinking of who's going to listen to this episode played in college. Oh, so. well, you know. So, you know, things can really expand and build and grow, but I really, I really don't know. I, I don't know where we're going to go now because yeah, fandom stuff is really taking over. I 100% believe that fandom is the number one reason why Star Wars is getting to the place that it's getting at now. Oh, Not a bad way or good way. I just mean that like the fans have been like screaming for certain things and Dave Filoni's like, 
got give it. them everything. You got it, baby. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, I'm a part of this fandom. Therefore, I will support you in whatever you would like. I am your genie and my wish is your command. And now basically every Star Wars novel, every yeah. like Star Wars, whatever is getting turned into what we're seeing now, which is yep. bananas. I mean, I it remember is, it is bananas. I mean, there is that clip of um elizabeth olsen where they're like what would you want to see next for scarlet witch and she was like would love to see house of m but i don't think that's ever gonna happen like how would they make that happen and then it happened and then it happened and it was pretty great i mean you know i actually was rewatching it and i was like i do love this show for the first several <laughs> episodes and then the last one i was like eh. <laughs> like me with falcon in the winter soldier I'm like this is the greatest thing i've ever okay well never mind never mind oh funny <laughs> thing about like renaissance fairs is that apparently there's a thing sorry are renaissance fairs part of like phantom stuff no we're talking about larping oh and yes. i think i think the overlap between run fairs and larping is huge huge must huge. be but there's like fun things that have happened now where it's like there's that video of a man throwing a lance at a drone because he saw it and then threw a lance at the drone but hit the <laughs> drone perfectly and then it became like a thing or at, at least at that ren fair to have like um <laughs> like dra- like shooting down a dragon but it's just a a, a drone? drone that's yeah. hilarious and expensive but and also great. there's another thing where there's often star trek cosplayers at ren fairs because they're pretending oh yeah they're pretending that they are star trek characters on a planet that's like the medieval whatever that's amazing so there, that is a thing that happens. That's a weird overlap. <laughs> I would like to go to a red fair, actually. I feel like there'd be like random like witchy bottles I could buy and shit. I've but been like, to a red fair. Really? Girl, mm-hmm. I haven't even been to medieval times. Like, I'd love oh, to I haven't been to medieval times, but I've definitely been to a couple of red fairs. Yeah. But I was young. I was like in middle school and yeah. I got invited by, I can't remember who, but I got invited to red fairs and like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were fun. They had like weird, like, you know, the like, is it like the turkey leg? Yeah. Drumstick eating. Contest. I don't know what the hell they think. Medieval people could not afford to eat chicken or turkeys. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> not all the time because chicken is something you would never eat regularly because you need its eggs. Only rich people ate chicken. Uh, this is a whole. Sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine's uh, history degree is coming out. <laughs> I'm, I mean, do you own the land? Is it your game to hunt? Or whatever. <laughs> So, okay, so talking about fandoms, <laughs> I wanted to just show you a couple, um, not show, but tell you about a couple things that I think are very funny. And I know you have something you want to share with me. So we'll just do do that. No, the thing I want to share with you will be for episode two. Oh, oh okay. Racismo. All right. So this is just dumb things I'm going to share with you. I'm just going to share a couple because as I have said, fan fiction is a quarter of fandom that I like know the best and I know it like inside out. And again, mm-hmm. we'll touch on it more in terms of the racism in the next episode but some dumb things i just wanted to share with you are like tropes that you will never see anywhere else and it's just like so specific so like there's <laughs> okay. there's ones that are simple like like coffee shop au's right and so mm-hmm. coffee shop au's where you take all the characters from the show and then you put them in a coffee shop and then there's like a romance in the coffee shop it'll mm-hmm. be like if you were like i love falcon and the winter soldier and i want to see Sam and Bucky get together, but like Sam works at a coffee shop and then Bucky is a regular. Mm. So there's like that kind of thing, very mild, very innocent. Okay. And then there are other things. Yep, the sense it's not going to be so innocent anymore? No. Okay, so there's one that I want to share with you just, okay, there are two. There's one called 
this okay i'm gonna okay hang on i'm just gonna i'm gonna be going from le- most innocent to least innocent so we started with coffee shops now let's go to something more specific there's a trope that you'll see in fandom and it sort of depends on which um story sorry and on which fandom you're in because it's more popular in some fandoms than others mm-hmm. but there's a thing called hanahaki disease okay so it's a trope you'll see in fan fiction mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. one character will be in love with another character mm-hmm. and it's an idea where sometimes it's magic sometimes it's like biology or whatever sometimes it's aliens but what happens is for whatever reason because one person is in love with the other and they think their love is unrequited they grow flowers in their lungs what yes so it basically goes like this unrequited love story or potentially not actually unrequited love story but the person who is Mm -hmm. in unrequited love grows flowers in their lungs and coughs and vomits them up basically because they're in unrequited love with another person that's a trope it's a trope i'm telling you right now it is a trope that's wild. And you can find it, you'll find it's or like a I guess not a trope, maybe it's like a like a, a premise. Mm, it's like a, it's a fandom premise that you will see. So yeah, Hanahaki disease. And the thing about Hanahaki disease is that like if the person the only way the person can be cured is if they have like their love confessed, like the other person confesses their love, so it's not unrequited. So they're like, oh, we're actually in love. And then the flowers will miraculously go away. And usually Are you the way kidding? the story Yes. And so usually the stories go, it's like someone's sick and like they're almost dying from this disease and then like they're about to die and someone's like, I love you. And then <laughs> they're magically healed. One. Two, the other I... way the story goes is like <laughs> the character dies from their unrequited love. Very sad. And then the third way it can go is that like, there's always going to be something where it's like, oh, you can get the flowers removed again, either by surgery, by magic, by some whatever device that they're using in the story. But if you get the, the flowers removed from your lungs, you can no longer feel love. What? Right? Tell me this is much. It's so dramatic. I love it. That's Um, a little much, Catherine. And I I was thinking about it the other day because I was like, who's going to understand what the fuck I'm talking about? (laughs) This is so specific. And it only exists in fan fiction. I think apparently there was like, I don't even know where it's from. Maybe there was like, I think it was like, maybe it was like a a manga or something. Hmm. Or something where it came from. Or maybe it was a movie. But wild yeah it's wild so yeah hanahaki disease a very specific fandom trope Mm -hmm. and then this is the last one so we've gone from sweet to slightly dark and kind of gross actually the thing about the hanahaki stories is they're often kind of gross because people are vomiting flowers yeah no thanks Uh uh-huh um and then (laughs) and often the the flowers are like covered in blood and stuff it's it's very dramatic um it's like a body it's like a body horror romance trope yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. Now go let's ahead. go to the third, which I've been going. It's going to shock you. It's called. So I, I texted Carbon um, the other day. I was like, <laughs> if you do you know what ABO means, and if you do, don't, or, or if you don't, don't Google it. And she was like, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't. So ABO stands for Alpha, Beta, Omega. Okay. Okay. You strap yourself in. So <laughs> it is a story premise or a story mm-hmm. sort of universe premise because whenever it happens in a story, it'll be like the whole universe, the whole like world is like this. Okay. Where people have, oh God, people have specific um, qualities to their personality and their physiology mm-hmm. based off of wolves. But not, it's not a furry thing because they're not wolf people. It's just the idea that like, you know how they have the idea with that with, I mean, this is by the way, a debunked idea about wolves, the idea that there's an alpha in the pack and there's an omega right. in the pack and there are betas in the pack. Mm-hmm. 
So with the idea of alpha, beta, omega, it's like there's an alpha character mm, mm-hmm. and an omega character. So the way it works is that people will have very animalistic tendencies. Okay. And so omegas, quote unquote, will go into heat and then they'll have to have sex with an alpha. That's so fucking stupid. Yes. And then like betas are usually like just like side characters. Like betas don't experience any of this like intense mating fervor, but like alphas will be like, like violent and in like crazy lust and omegas will be like, I can't explain the things actually because it's too gross, but omegas will be like in this like panting lust for the, for the alpha. And then, and it'll, and 98, 98.9999999% of the time, it's two men characters. Of course. So it'll be a a male (laughs) omega and a a male alpha who like have this weird running lust for each other. Gross. And it's so weird. It's so funny. It just sounds very not fun. And I can, I'm not going to go into it, but there's all this weird stuff about like sense and like mating and like sometimes no they'll need, have a Catherine. It's basically they created some sort of <clears throat> weird version of like hormones and like w- women ovulating, but like made it men and then like added a whole bunch of other shit to it. But the reason yeah, why I want to bring this one up is because not only is it wild, and if you want to learn more and learn about the things I'm not telling you, look it up. The reason why it's so crazy is because there's a whole lawsuit going on about like who created the omega verse is what it's usually called there's no need and so there's like literally like legal lawsuits because people (laughs) oh no because people write books with this with this premise and so someone was like oh no i'm the originator of this what i think yeah it's why would you want to claim that so there's like whole look up omega verse lawsuit because honestly it's way more than i could ever explain why would you want to claim i just want to show you like these are the things that nobody knows about you know what i'm saying Nobody, you delve too deep, Catherine. Nobody knows about these things. And then sometimes they'll bubble up and become legal things. And you're like, what the fuck's happening now? The dwarves were too greedy. You delved too deep. I'm telling you right now, there's plenty of Omegaverse stuff with the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, and on that cheerful fucking note, um, I'm so happy. <laughs> I, okay, I know I didn't. For anyone who actually knows what the Omegaverse is, they're like, Catherine, you butchered that explanation. But it's because I don't, I'd be too embarrassed to explain the things that go on in the stories. You know what? I, and you know what? I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I would want to <laughs> keep that, keep, keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. I don't need to hear about it. I don't need to know. I'm fine. You know, people really have a lot of time. They have a lot yeah. of time. They have a lot of time. They have a lot of energy. Um, they're doing a lot of things. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it is bringing them joy. I am glad that it is voluntary to have to delve into it because my ass is not going anywhere near it. Please look, please look that one Listen, up. Listen, I was I'm disturbed telling you right enough now. by Draco Hermione stories. Vanilla I was, Carmen. I was, I was disturbed enough because I was like, this is the stupidest, weird, vanilla slave master, slave. You want to see nonsense. You want to see Snape, Harry, ABO, like, <laughs> like romance Absolutely story. Not absolutely. You know what? Cause it's no. there. I'm telling you it's there. I haven't read that one, but I know it's I, there. There's a I, lot of people who ship snary is what it's called. That is horrendous. First of all, <laughs> He was a child. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, people ship Harry and Voldemort. Like the man is like 70 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Yeah, he is. People also ship um 
Hermione and Bellatrix Lestrange. Why? Uh, these and these are just the Harry Potter ships. You want to go into other things? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know no. what's funny about fandom? Luke is Luke from from Star Wars is always gay. Nobody ever oh, writes straight Luke fair. because you know what? Luke is gay. Yeah, it just is what it is. It you is what it is. Just gotta, you know, admit defeat. Straight a lot boy. of a lot of people ship him with um with uh the Mandalorian because he's like, hey, he had the share custody of that baby now. <laughs> That's very fair. I mean, Sam. It's better than what's her name? The MMA fighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's <laughs> real Trash. life is in wild. But yeah, Trash. but but yes, um, there's there's so much and also it's funny because there's so much I haven't told you. There's so much, Carmen. No, I'm good. So much to learn, to explore, you know? Running through the fields of like weird nope. fan fiction sex tropes that you didn't want to know hell about. No. Hell, hell no. Okay, no. I'll tell you one thing about the weird sex. <laughs> All right, so well, I'm telling you only one of the things. There's seven other things I'm not telling you. <laughs> There's a thing in this. And to anybody listening is like, Catherine, why are you reading this? Listen, curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> Just plain curiosity. I don't go after Omega Verse Fix. I remember actually mm-hmm. once or twice I was reading one or, and then I didn't realize. And I was like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> Sometimes they sneak up on you. Um, but there's a thing where when they have sex the the male characters the alpha male characters mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so so when wolves have sex um they apparently do a thing where like their penis swells in a way where it like creates a knot oh so it can't get out so it can't get out and that is a feature of those stories that sounds very painful for the other guy yeah it does yes it does but apparently not <laughs> Apparently not. Is this women writing these books? Absolutely, it is women yeah, writing these stories. Say, like, I feel like maybe gay men would be fine with it, but like, I just I'm sure there probably like... are a couple gay men. There's. We can talk in the next episode about like the weird politics of gay stories written by teenage girls, but you know, story for another day. <laughs> story for another day. Fine. It's totally sure. fine. And we will end it off with this horrific nonsense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Catherine, do you have any recommendations? Absolutely. I am going to recommend... Oh, what was I going to recommend? Oh, I'm going to recommend a podcast called um, Mummy Dearest. And it's a podcast where they're like, we talk about the mummy. But they talked about the mummy for two episodes. And then they've now just moved on to other 90s movies. And Amazing. I just, I think they're very funny. Um, they're like a new podcast. They're, and I, I don't know, they're very funny. They seem, they seem nice. Um, and I've just been listening to that today. So I'm going to recommend Mummy Dearest. They have That's a great. great logo. It's like Brendan <laughs> Fraser from The Mummy, but like his face is all cut out. It's good. That's really good. What am I going to recommend? I am going to recommend in the spirit of fandom, I'm going to recommend Bad Batch. But only okay. if Hot you've take. watched Clone Wars. Girl. In which case, I don't need to recommend it for you because you've, you're already watching it. I was like, maybe I'll watch that. And I go and see it's what, an hour and a half. And I was like, yeah, oh. the first episode is an hour and a half. But then the next I, few, I, I think the I, next episode was like 23 minutes. I was insulted. I was like, 90 minutes? I know. I was I, when I saw that. I was like, "Are all episodes? Is this going to be like a Sherlock Holmes situation, which e- where each episode is ninety minutes? Because I can't have that in my yeah, life." Yeah, I have that. I was like, "Absolutely not." What? No, no. twenty-two for, minutes. Ex- for those I want of you, shows to be twenty minutes long. 
Always. Yes. Actually, here's the thing. If you are not a Star Wars fan, but you have seen The Mandalorian and liked it, I suggest you try watching Clone Wars from season four onward. Do you hear me? Season four, don't touch one, two, three. There's no I, need. I, Pretend I couldn't doesn't do exist. it. Four, five, six, seven. Four, five, six, seven. Just from there. And then you'll be fine. I honestly... Because then you will get the Mandalorian more and you'll feel all the magic. I, f- I was so... I tried watching that show. It's so fucking boring. I don't care what the fans say. I wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get into it the next This time. is not the first time we have <laughs> bemoaned the boringness of I feel that like show. it's like one of the things that comes up a lot. Right, like, Guillotines. I, mean, I, can't, I, can't have, I can't handle it. Guillotines and oh, our dislike of the first three seasons of Clone Wars. And also, I just can't get behind the animation. I don't like it. I don't like looking <laughs> at it. I don't like yeah, looking. It's I don't really like really weird. Like a CD ROM game from the '90s. Like, get out of my face. Yeah, and then, but then, um, Star Wars Rebels is like much better animation, in my opinion. And then, Star Wars Resistance has a completely Star Wars Resistance animation looks like to me what Legend of Korra looks like. Oh, well, then like, I it's like, like a, that. it's like a more. It looks almost like more 2D ish. Cora is a very beautifully animated show. Yeah. Anyways, folks. Anyway, you can find me at the CC Williams uh, anywhere on the internet. And also I have an Instagram for my cats. I used to say you can find me for c- pictures of my cats, but now they have their own no. dedicated Instagram and it's called is Huey and Sophie, or as my <laughs> sister calls it, is Huey and Sophie. Um, but it's not going to lie. That's what I called it for a while. Yeah, it's fine. It's is Huey and soapy and you can find it through my instagram and they're very cute i make a lot of um reels with them and you um so for me you can find me at carmen underscore maria 416 mm-hmm. uh for anything death doula related or oh, on the death on the doula yeah. all day uh-huh or political posts or um anything where i'm making self-deprecating humor about myself which you shouldn't but I do all the time. It's my favorite thing. It's my hobby. Yeah. Okay, and we'll so- talk about that in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. And, you know, just go give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You know, I'd kill a spider for you. And I'd kill a spider number four letter U. Mm-hmm. Very important. Um, and if you listen to us on anything that has ratings, if you could rate us. Please go to iTunes and rate us. Please, for the love of Jesus, Please. we beg you. It would mean the world to us. Please help. Yeah. That's a fifth element reference. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks guys. Have a lovely evening. Uh, thank you. Or thank morning. You. And thank you. <gasps> what is that Truman Show thing? Good morning, good evening. Oh, no, in good case morning, I don't see you, you. Good morning, good evening, and good night. We can't use that. You know I have a Truman Show complex. <laughs>